Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. We're over the hump. We got the whole crew here. It is the Bet Online Salute to Troy podcast. It's Colorado week. The number eight Trojans travel to Boulder to play a 9 a.m. game. We'll go around the horn. We'll introduce this person is excited for this week. This is the only person that's so excited to see a blowout. The queen of LAFB, <laughs> the world-class athlete. Candace Davis Price, how are you doing this Thursday? How's let's okay. first first? How are you doing? How's the weather? The weather is very fallish. It's still like seventy ish, and then it drops to the fifties, which would make all of you very uncomfortable. But Not I really did fill a tire gas tank for forty two dollars. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that now that one hurts. And do you drive a Tahoe also, or what do you drive? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you guys can have all the sunshine. I will take care of the cheap gas for you. It was 58 this morning when I got in the car. I was like, oh, man. it's oh, So you're getting, not good you're getting not good weather and expensive gas. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> and traffic. <laughs> on. We'll keep it football. <laughs> and we have the man with a thousand degrees, the rocket scientist himself. Jamal, the Madman Maggie. How are you doing this Thursday, Jamal? Doing well, Coach. Great to see you. Great to see everyone. Excited to uh, to jump into it. And then we have the mythical being itself. You could call him a centurion. They say he doesn't exist, but he does exist. It's the living legend, Ryan Dyrud. How are you doing, Ryan? What's that? What's the what's that? Uh, the great movie role models that a minotaur? I'll be a minotaur. <laughs> a minotaur. There you go. There you go. I'm happy everything's good. Like I said earlier, the number number six Trojans, because coaches know what they're talking about a little bit more. They dropped to number six in the coaches poll. The number six Trojans traveled to Boulder to play a 9 a.m. game to play Colorado. This, in my opinion, might be the most overhyped game that we've seen in a very, very long time. Uh, there are some things that the Trojans have to fix. Like we established earlier in the week, they do have a travel problem. Not only do they have a travel problem, now they have to play at 9 a.m., 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. So that would be another obstacle to occur. We do have a big crowd. Snoop is going. LeBron and Bronny James will be there. A lot of people will be there to see this game. Let's just start out with the hype of the game. Oh, I, I did mess that. The LAFB cast will be there. Unfortunately, I will not be there. But the Madman, Ryan Dairu, and Candice will be there. We'll have something for you guys, hopefully, this weekend. The LAFB cast will be there. So this is a big week. It's exciting. Let's just start off with the hype around this game. I'm going to go to Ryan first. We'll save the best for last. I'm going to go to Ryan first. What is your opinion about the hype of this game? So the worst first. All right, I'll take that. That's fine. Uh <laughs> No, I mean it, it's fun. I mean, I'm I'm excited. You know, I you kind of I think you are correct in the sense that it's overhyped in terms of maybe the the football e equality on the field in terms of just kind of what we should see play out. Now, based on last week, we'll see if it plays out that way. But but I think just all the storylines in this game, celebrities you said, the fact that um, you know Colorado football is 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 fun to watch again. Obviously USC has been building something great. You know, this article came out by the athletic just today, kind of comparing the Pete Carroll USC days to now the Dion Colorado days in terms of kind of celebrity. -um. So it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's overhyped probably in terms of football, but I think it's going to be a fun atmosphere, a fun game. And it's kind of the first 
big Pac-12 game we get for USC that uh, is getting a lot of national attention, even though it is an early kickoff. So at least that's good for SC fans is that we're in the national stage finally in our fifth game. It's funny because people compared it the Source Awards to the Grammys. <laughs> I heard that comparison a lot too. Jamal, what do you think about the hype around this game? Yeah, coach, I, I agree. I think it's really fun. I think it's great for the sport and the opportunity for, A, I'm just very happy for a school like Colorado that's just such a wonderful institution, such a great location, and they've had some really difficult uh, moments over the years, one winning season since 2006. And so the fact that they finally get some shine, I think is great for the sport. Dion is such a, an electric, iconic personality. And when you put the, the celebrities all together, you, you mentioned it, you know, LeBron, Bronny, Will Ferrell, Snoop Dogg, Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, they're all going to be there. And that's just so great for the sport. And then you've got storylines on the field too. This is, what it's been 29 years since Dion and Jerry Rice went at it when it was Cowboys Niners and in a very iconic way when those were the kind of the two mega teams in in the NFL and in NFC championship games and now their sons potentially going to match up against each other at you know the same positions at wide receiver and cornerback so I think there's just so many wonderful storylines all across the board I think we'll see if Shadur Sanders with the quality of prospect he is uh, compared to obviously the barometer, the benchmark that is Caleb Williams. So I think there's just, it's going to be really fun across the board. And it's going to start feeling a little bit like, uh, you know, one of those, those games in the Pete days or also one of those games in, in the Chip Kelly Oregon days. I remember when the big three of the Miami Heat used to go to those Oregon games uh, in Eugene when Oregon was kind of revolutionizing college football. So I think it's just a great event for the sport. And uh, last but not least, Candice, what do I think? She got of her hair down. She got her hair done for this game. Just to let y'all know. What do you? The oh, I checked the, the forecast. There's no humidity, so I'll be non-athlete looking. Uh, the hype. I don't think there's any hype. I think it's an actual football game. I think that if Deion Sanders and and crew are not in Colorado, then we're not even talking about this football game, right? We're also talking about a team that's three and one. We're not talking about some Rudy Poot from some podunk in the middle of some like a Nebraska Cornhuskers. We're talking about an actual university who has had, you know, prestigious athletics at one time and are on the rise. This is not hype. This is that real deal. And you're also going to see, like you said, we got the benchmark. Caleb, your boy, your boy is on the same list. Shador, there's going to be conversation. So you're right. Everything you feel out can be shut down or it could be very interesting. So the fact that you got A-list celebrities flying to Boulder, it's a conversation. It's not a hype. It's the real deal. I mean, we could say it's the real deal, but they all—they also got 42 dropped on them last week. But that's neither here nor there. Um, let's get into the football aspect about it. Uh, let's go to Ryan, the Stone Brewery, fight on Pellel practice report. So how was practice on Tuesday? Good, good. We'll keep it. Uh, I can keep it brief, but um, no bulletin board material. Lincoln Riley, smart man, uh, just playing it very professional and all the respect in the world for Coach Prime and his staff. And, you know, said he, he loves that he's true to himself and, you know, people can see when someone's fake. And, and so he can appreciate how he's doing it his way. And it's different. And a lot of people are, whether they're against it or for it, um, he respects it. So, uh, you know, classic Coach Riley, not, uh, not, not playing into any of the storylines or bulletin board, just being very to the point and respectful. Um, 
you know, one thing I will say that, you know, he was asked about, you know, and we talked about in the last show, the linebacking room and how, you know, no Rayshon, um, no Rayshon didn't play. Um, Shane Lee didn't play, you know, Mason Cobb, obviously coming off of injury, you know, had some, some rust it looked like, and, you know, maybe it's coach speak or not, but coach really said, you know, all five backers are good enough to play. They're all going to be utilized throughout the season. They felt at that game, they really wanted to get uh, Mason, a lot of uh, playing time and reps and, and Mason Cobb was also in the, um, in the media scrum. And so he, you know, he just said, look, you know, it's four weeks, essentially he didn't play cause he played, you know, the first half against San Jose state and then missed the next three games plus a bye week So, um, it, you know, I think he didn't say it word for word. I'm paraphrasing, but I think he himself was like, yeah, there was some rust there that had to get off. And, and even in, in terms of like the team's tackling issues, like they, they definitely, um, I know we brought that up uh, and it was good to hear that they, they tackled in practice. I mean, this was not some soft practices. They, they, they hit bodies. They, uh, they were padded up and tackling and trying to get that mentality back. So, you know, I thought it was, you know, good uh, report there and, you know, we'll see obviously if it, if it pays dividends on the field on, on Saturday, but it seemed like they had a good week of practice. Any injuries we need to worry about? Uh, no injuries. No, not that, not that anything was, uh, not that anything popped up. So everyone, everyone looks healthy going forward. Gentry still good to go. Obviously, obviously he played against Arizona state, but nothing banged up there. Cobb fully healthy. Um, so yeah, everyone should be, uh, good to go for this one in Boulder. That was good to hear. That was the stone brewery practice report brought to you by stone brewery. Go to your local retailer store, get your fight on pillow today. Let's talk about football. So we got the Trojans going into travel. And we've, like I'll say it again, they have a travel problem. They have an early game, right? But I saw a report today from Joe Klatt, I believe, and I could be wrong. And they were comparing uh, Caleb Williams to Shador Sanders, right? They're talking how he's good here, good there. It's a whole article that have film and everything. I want to ask you guys this question. What is Caleb, Caleb – say Caleb Williams plays four quarters, Right. Caleb Williams plays four quarters. USC does what they're supposed to do, and they walk out of there, right? Does that keep Shador Center on the Heisman list, and what does that do for Caleb? I'll rephrase it. What does that do for Caleb as far as the Heisman watch? Because he's on a national stage during early in the morning, right? That'll be 11 a.m. Eastern time, right? So Caleb Williams goes and handles business. What does that do for Caleb Williams as far as his Heisman race? Let's do it there. And do the follow-up question is, does that put – does that keep Shador Sanders on the Heisman Trophy watch? I will start with you, Ryan. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, Caleb should always be 1A or 1B as of now on this list, regardless. Uh, I think Michael Panks Jr. is my kind of 1A or 1B. I think Shador obviously has looked great so far outside of this Oregon game, and that was a big um, a big bruise on his resume so far. I mean, 159 yards, sacked eight times. Um, still had a good, pretty good p- completion percentage, only one touchdown um, going against a, a big front. You know, Oregon had 24 pressures and like I mentioned, eight sacks. So really in his face and, and you know, when, when he faced a defense of that caliber, wasn't able to totally respond. And, you know, Caleb, I think has proven over his time that he's responded better in those situations. But I think just looking at this game specifically, yeah, if Caleb plays all four quarters, which I think he will, uh, if he puts up big numbers and, and SC wins big, then he goes back to the top. And uh, if Shador, you know, to answer kind of your second part, if he plays well and competitive and keeps Colorado in this game, I think he kind of stays in the watch list too. So I don't think either guy can really hurt their stock a ton. Um, the one that would hurt it the most would probably be Caleb if he has a really poor game and, and Colorado goes and upsets USC. Obviously, that would that would hurt him much more than vice versa. Um, but I think overall they'll both just kind of 
stay pat with kind of in, in terms of Heisman race. Candace, what do you think? I think I know Caleb is going to play all four quarters because they're going to want to make a statement. U.S. Colorado is a good football team. They're a great football team. I think that Shador is never going to win the Heisman. So the fact that there's conversation that he's on a watch list, that's an accomplishment as, as himself. Heisman Trophy winner is coming back for a second peat or two peat, whatever you want to call it. His expectations are a little different than Shador. So I agree with Ryan. Like, do I think it hurts either stop? No, but I think it'll be fun and interesting and engaging for us as fans to see two potential Heisman Trophy candidates play against each other. Uh, but I do think he goes four quarters. And Shador, just a round of applause for being included. I mean, the guy was at a HBCU. And I don't know stats, Ryan and Jamal, but I don't know how many Heisman Trophy winners have come from HBCU, right? So that is what his groundwork is, not coming off of winning a Heisman Trophy. So... Jamal? Yeah, I, I agree with Candice. I think that it's important to understand that the Heisman isn't always about the best player in the country. The, the Heisman is a narrative media award more than anything else as well. And so you have to understand where each of these players is taking off from. And, and Caleb is on a team that is trying to win a national championship, a top five team. He's the reigning Heisman winner. So he's going to be scrutinized more because his point of departure was higher. And so there's there's going to be more scrutiny on Caleb. Shadur, his candidacy sort of reminds you when Manziel won it with a lesser Texas A&M team or when Lamar Jackson won it when a lesser Louisville team. So there's a little bit more margin for error with Shadur. Now, having said that, I think if Shadur plays a really great game and Colorado is competitive for two and a half, three quarters, I don't think there's anything that he would do to hurt his chances. And I think if Caleb Williams does his normal Caleb Williams self of 350 to 400 yards and four to five touchdowns, which is what he does, then it's going to be absolutely fine for Caleb. I think the only way this game sort of moves the barometer is if USC just walks into Boulder and detonates on Colorado, wins by 45, 50 points, and Caleb has six or seven touchdowns. And then he sort of radically, the national media is going to shift. Or vice versa, SC goes in there and lays an egg as a 21.5-point favorite, and then his Heisman candidacy is really going to get hurt. But short of one of those two extreme outcomes, I think they're both going to walk away uh, right around where they are, where Caleb's kind of in a in a fight here right at the very top, and Shadur is going to be right there in that top five range for the, the trophy with an opportunity to do more later in the season. I got you. So my opinion of it is I don't think Shador should even be on the list. He's the sixth best quarterback. He's the sixth best quarterback in the conference, right? If you go through all the quarterbacks in the conference, he's the sixth best quarterback in the conference, right? Realistically speaking, you got Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, um, was my man? I, we were just talking about him, Jamal. My man oh, from Cam Washington Rising? State. No, my man from Washington Cam State. Cam Ward. Cam Ward. Cam Rising. If Cam Rising, if he's healthy, right? A healthy Cam Rising. If Cam Rising's playing, he's he's also better than Shador. And then you have Shador Sanders, right? The number top passer in the NCAA, Michael Penix Jr. Number three passer in the NCAA, Cam Ward. The number six passer in the NCAA is uh, Caleb Williams. Like, 
<laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, Fred. I mean, I hear you, but I think that right now, when you look at body of work, and when you look at kind of accomplishments last year, I think that right now Caleb and Penix Jr. are a cut above. I don't know about Bonix. I'll be very honest with you. They they've got a great team down there in Oregon, and you can use that flip argument. If you put Shadur Sanders on Oregon and you put Bo Nix on Colorado, what's going to happen? I, I don't know. I think Oregon's still going to be Oregon. I can't say necessarily the same definitively about Colorado. And as well as Cam Ward has played, and he's been absolutely phenomenal, and he deserves more attention considering how Washington State, you know, what they're sort of going through. But Washington State has yet to play in Oregon the way Colorado did. He, they've yet to play at USC. They've, they've yet to play the very, very top of that conference. So he's still sort of protected from a stat standpoint and a record standpoint. And Cam Rising, we may never see Cam Rising to the same level again. I mean, he he tore his knee for the second consecutive year in the Rose Bowl. He's yet to play. He's not going to play tomorrow. So to say that he's the sixth best, I think Caleb and Penix Jr. right now are a cut above. But I think after that, number three is sort of wide open. And why can't it be Shador? I'm not saying it is right now. I'm not saying it isn't. But I don't know if it's necessarily fair to him to just put him at sixth. I mean, in reality, so you're telling me, so so you're telling me that you're telling me that Shador is better than Cam Ward. Realistically speaking, so hold on. You're just Watch a Colorado me. hater. I'm, I'm not a hater. I'm just, I'm just being a realist. Yeah. Sanders DNA, right? So out the womb. Out the womb, we're talking about Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders as your dad. Deion Sanders as your coach. Deion Sanders as your collegiate coach. He's a whole nother breed. He, he okay. deserves that. So, yes. And as Jamal said, the narrative is not, there's no definition of Heisman has to be throwing. It is media. It is hype. It is what the people love to see. That's it. All right. So, okay. So, okay. Oh, so good. then if it's based off of DNA, then the Michael Jordan's kids should have been on the Naismith watch list, right? Prince Fielder should have been an automatic Hall of Famer, right? We could go through King Griffey's kids. No, no, we're talking, we're talking DNA. We're talking, we're talking DNA. You, you yes, can't say. DNA, but in addition to, in addition to you, Michael Jordan, absolutely incredible, but didn't make his JV football team. You're talking about someone like Deion Sanders who talks about from birth, the life just being about survival, right? So different narrative. I mean, that's not football, but. Fred, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question here. Why is the Colorado attention bothering you so much? Because realistically, they're not going to make a bowl game. They're not going to make a bowl game. Like when you realistically look at their schedule, they're not going to make a bowl game. They're not, they will win against, they may win against Arizona State. They'll beat Stanford. They'll lose to UCLA. They'll lose to Oregon State. They'll lose to Arizona if Delore is back, right? They'll lose to Washington State. And they'll lose to Utah. That'll make them a five-win team. My problem with it is you have somebody who's doing the exact same thing in Syracuse and nobody's talking about him. Right? He turned Syracuse around. Syracuse is Syracuse undefeated. Absolutely. It's Syracuse. If it's not Carmelo Anthony in a Sandusky sex scandal, no one absolutely cares. This that's is Penn State. That's 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 Penn State. That's Penn State. I mean, Sent, yeah, Sandusky's oh, okay, Penn State. So we're hyping up. We're hyping up a five-win team. We're hyping up a team that's going to win five games. They're not even going to be playing past the first week of December. 
Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, like, like it's not, it's not a realistic. I feel like it's a waste of media effort and it's not realistic. And on top of that, there's a bunch of kids that are getting looked over just because Dion's at Colorado. Right. You get what I'm saying? I think that's, I, I think it's fair. And I think it's a really legitimate point. But then my question to you would be, how is that different from 2012 when USC was, you know, Matt Barkley came back and everybody said it's unfinished business. And they were, Kiffin was on every, was on SportsCenter and every radio show and they were being hyped up and they were preseason number one and they finished seven and six, the worst number one preseason to ever finish. How was that different from 2016 when JT Daniels in his first year and there was so much hype around SC and JT Daniels was going to be the future of this program and they went five and seven. How was that different than 2017? When SC came crawling out of the cage against Alabama and said, we smoke. want that smoke. We want it. We're SC and then lost 52 to six. So how, how is that okay? But this is not okay, right? It's I mean, there, there's a little bit of a, a double it's, standard. So we can't, but that also sort of feeds the narrative of SC's SC and we're entitled to all of this stuff. So we can't say that and then have a problem with Colorado getting shine too, because it's the same thing, right? It, it's it's not it's exactly same thing it's the exact same thing i just want to let you guys know if you're done thank you for listening tuning into the mighty 1090 if you want to continue watching go ahead and listen to us on the podcast and we'll continue on the podcast thank you so to continue this conversation right all right so and we could get into football right and this would this will lead into the football aspect of it there is a way for colorado to win this game right Colorado is very opportunistic. And if you look at their games, their games that they won, all their games that they won, they won on, they took advantage of the opportunities that they were given. And I'm not going to knock them for that. That's very good. And they, that's their key to winning football games, right? They played against just the uh, Sims out in Nebraska who couldn't even handle a snap. Colorado State, who had 19 penalties. TCU, who just came out flat and just turning the ball over and not playing very good football, right? They took advantage of the opportunity. USC opens up the game like they did against – USC opens up the game like they did against Arizona State. This is going to be a different outcome and a different out, out, outlook of this game. So if Colorado takes advantage of their, of their opportunities, then – they can't come out on top of this game. But the fact that just because it's Dion, and then all of a sudden they play a team and they drop 42 on them and the Dion gets in the press conference like, why is everybody against me? I don't play. Right? The, the whole narrative changed. Right? The first three games is like, we coming. I'm here, this and that, all this and all that. And then all of a sudden you get mollywalk. And the narrative changed. I'm not I don't think it changes, though. I don't, the, like Jamal's touched on, the media has created the propaganda and the tone of Dion. So Dion is, Dion was a player in, in two major league sports, right? So when he's saying he's not playing, he always emphasizes in his locker room, that's not, besides the two in there, my name's not on the jersey. So him but, saying he's not playing, what he means is, is when, when half of coaches decide that their team is out there making spectacular moves like the Oregon coach and he wants to come for Dion in the locker room, like that's what he's referring to. Hold on. Not so then, then, then that becomes an issue too, because, because what I say in my locker room is what I say in my locker room. I'm allowed to say that in the locker room. 
Nobody, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is where it changes. Nobody's talking about what Shiloh was doing before the game because that made social media also. Shiloh's talking about how he's going to beat everybody up and fight everybody and he was going to smack them and this and that. And he got ran over. But when Shiloh did that, it was okay. But but hold, but when Dan Lanning is talking to his team in his locker room and where media access is granted and all of a sudden it leaks. The only it, reason he did that is because there was media access. The only reason he felt confident to have those wars against Deion is because they had the worst game they've ever had with this attention. So the reality is the Oregon coach would not be talking. That, and like you, you perfectly How do you know that? How do you know that? With him in Dion's locker room, he's not running up nothing. How do you know that? How do you know what? How do you know what he said prior to any of these games? How do you know what Dan Lanning has said prior? I don't know what he said before. That I'm I'm talking about. I'm talking about right now. But you said that you said that you said the only reason why he said it was because the camera was in there. Because he's but the camera's always in there. He's trying to be Dion Sanders in that moment. He says we're not in Hollywood. We're on the grass. He's addressing the the, the gentleman that everyone that sold over one point two million glasses on a Friday. This is not that's a Hollywood. pre that's a pregame speech. There's been pregame speeches as Coach Carroll has told us that completely is about around the same thing. It's a pregame speech. The camera's in there, and it's against Dion, and it becomes an issue. That's my problem. I have with this whole thing. Like so Shiloh Sanders out of locker room. He's not running up nothing. He's not talking on that smack. He's real but confident you, with thermal heat, um, the thermal heat cleats and the 37,000 different uniform changes and the field night of bajillions of dollars of donations. Take him and put him in. What's What was the Colorado's record last year, Jamal? They were 1-11. Put him in that 1-11 locker room. D- don't take Deion Sanders to Oregon. Don't take him to Oregon because it's going to be a problem. Don't give him the resources that you don't give him a hundred million dollars. He's making a fraction of the money with half of the talent that your boy Riley and your boy up in Oregon has. Don't he didn't give have him to a- take the job. He chose to take that job. They exactly. came to him and offered him the job and he said, yes, he could have said no. He, he could have said no. Do not give Deion Sanders, Caleb Williams and Zachariah Branch and your whole boys. It's a whole different conversation. How's it, it. He, he has right. I think you know. I think the the. I think it's an interesting point that you're both you're both bringing up. You know, it's one of those things where coaches are going to use the media for opportunistic reasons, and so I don't think Dion should be uh, pointed out or or singled out for that. Obviously, I think Dan Lanning played to the the camera. You don't always have the camera in the locker room. He kind of played up. He and reports where he sort of invited the media in to sort of be able to have the stage to do that. We've seen Lincoln Riley with his hour and a half exclusive talking about how difficult it was leaving Oklahoma and kind of unburdening himself. We've seen Lane Kiffin be sort of a master of using the media and using social media. We see Nick Saban kind of looking at reporters in the eyes while he's getting, you know, talked to at halftime or pregame and kind of going nuts sometimes. So all the Dabo kind of loves the media as well and has for the last several years. So all coaches use the media when it's most advantageous to them. I think it is interesting why Dion is getting so much hate right now, uh, you know, because he's he's been a breath of fresh air for the sport. He is very flamboyant. He's very, uh, you know, sort of in your face in, in terms of that particular taste and brand of of aura and charisma. But, you know, he's it's no different than really any other coach. And I think that's 
it's it's picking at something maybe a little bit deeper in our society uh, about why Dion is kind of getting um, additional attention. And I'll leave it at that. I just I, I just want to know, do you know who Dino Babers is? Yes. Dino Babers is a pretty good coach, right? But he's why is, so if he if he does the same thing, if Dino Babers starts to do the same thing and starts to get kids to come to his school, is it okay for Dino Babers to do it? I think it's okay for anyone to do it. I mean, I, frankly, that's I think that's the the issue here. I don't think it matters if it's Dion or if it's Lincoln Riley or if it's Nick Saban or if it's Kirby Smart. They they all have the right to do it. They all have the the access to the media. Um, and I think it's just a wonderful story, Fred. To be honest with you, I think it's not just a story about Dion, but it's a story about the athletic director. It's a story about the president of the university, the chancellor of the university. The athletic director went to the chancellor of Colorado and said. The contract is for $28 million. We don't have $28 million, But believe in me, I promise you, if we hire him, we'll get the boosters, we'll get the sponsors, and the money will come. And the chancellor okayed it. And, and in higher education, they're so conservative. The fact that they were even willing to do that is, is an incredible story. So it's, it's sort of, and that's why they, the AD and Dion had such a huge hug at the end of that TCU game because it was sort of galvanizing that, you know, their plan works. So I think it's Dion. I think it's Dion's ability to get a guy like Travis Hunter. You know, Travis Hunter is not going to go to Syracuse. Travis Hunter is going to Colorado because of Deion Sanders. You know, otherwise Travis Hunter would be going to Alabama or Georgia or USC or Michigan. You know, the fact that he's able to get such 86 transfers, the fact he's able to get five-star guys, they have the third most five-star guys in the Pac-12. A team that went 1-11 last year is the third most five-star guys in the Pac-12. It's unheard of. It's because of Dion. So you have to sort of give credit where credit is due. But what credit are we giving him? Well, wait. Like, for, no, for tripling the win total from last year in four games. And okay, I want so, you. so I let want me you. ask you this question. Kansas, two years ago, why, why is it not a big deal that Kansas tripled their win total? Let me say this. Deion Sanders is not reinventing himself. Deion Sanders will always be primetime. The person you see, the persona, the iconic image, that's not Deion the coach. That's who Deion has always been. And when I say I grew up watching Deion, I grew up watching my, my dad watching Deion, right? Everything I, I remember watching is, you know, things that I, I any of us are YouTube and Google. So I don't want to make it seem like I grew up watching him, but I'm very, very, very well educated on his accomplishments. He is not reinventing who he is. This is who he is as a father, as a coach, as a mentor. And you're right. He came to a school, 29 million. He could, he could very well be taking hundreds of millions of dollars. So the whole hype, to me, when I'm not saying it's a hype, Dion is coming in with strategy. He's able to pull players with less resources, with less funding, with less of everything, and it's still making magic happen. Also, when USC wins this game and they come across the field, when Caleb Williams gets a hug from Deion Sanders and says, well, you, you know, congrats. How Caleb Williams is going to feel to have said a Hall of Famer and a guy I played against respects me as a player, respects me. as a So there's so much more to Deion Sanders that other coaches don't possess. point that you're making is a very valid one. I, I, you know, that is, is Deion maybe getting too much credit and other coaches aren't getting enough shine? for doing the same thing. I think that's right. I think you're right. But it's also the same reason why I think USC gets more media coverage than maybe other teams. You know, so it, it, it's both ways. It, it, I think USC is, gets more media coverage than they should. 
considering their performance the last 15 years. And I think Dion's getting a little bit more media coverage than he should, considering how other folks have also turned things around. But it's also about what I think we as the public and as consumers we want, because at the end of the day, this is entertainment. And so it's not just about winning or turning around a program. It's about doing it with style. And so when, when USC wins, USC wins with style. And when Dion wins, Dion wins with style. It's, it's one of the reasons why someone like a Tim Duncan is not really gets the flowers that he should as one of an all-time great in the NBA because he won, but he didn't win with style. You know, and it's why certain quarterbacks in the NFL, they win, you know, Phillip Rivers and Matt Ryan and all of these guys, but they didn't do it with any style. So they don't they don't get the love from the, the media as much as they should. So I think that's really what you're getting to, coach. And, and I agree with you. Plus, with you with Colorado being so great, if this is a normal Colorado, they're team, not great. Guys- they're not great. Don't say Colorado. Don't put great in well, Colorado in the same. What, they're going to be on big at noon, which is a huge huge deal and all i'm saying is like you said every show no one's staying up till 10 30 to watch usc so all they're doing is getting the stats or whatever they will get to actually see usc play i am more excited about that than you know i am so tired of this number two team with your boy jj mccarthy who was on the thing and got three picks against bowling green that's a whole other conversation it will shut down ann arbor and they will be knowing like okay sc is on the schedule next year we should probably start paying attention to it well, just to hey, just, uh, just to poke in here, the surprise, and I was surprised by this, but uh, last week USC was the fourth highest watched game at the ten thirty Eastern Time slot. They were the fourth really? most watched game, so people still watch. Uh, Ryan, who was one? Was it Colorado? One was Colorado. Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There's the point. <laughs> <laughs> you failed to mention that one. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I wasn't hiding that. I was just and it's just saying no one's watching SC, and I was like, oh, they were actually the fourth most watched. Let me get yeah, into this. Let yeah, me get into this before. Let me get into this before we continue. Bet online is continue to be your number one source for online gaming. You go anywhere, get up to line, uh, up to line wagers, stats, and all all your parlays in. You can go to betonline.ag to get a free welcome bonus if you put in promo code believe. That's B L E A V. That's betonline.ag. All right, enough about enough. Let, let's go to football, right? <laughs> let's go to football. So. Trojans, and we spoke about this, and then I'll I'll lead it off. Trojans have a travel problem. Trojans play at nine, eight o'clock in the morning on their body clocks. They have a game under the about out of the bye, right? They have to. Now, Jamal, are you gonna get mad at me? But more than anything, this is one of the this is one of the biggest statement games that they have, right? And the reason why. Reason why it's not because they're playing Colorado, not because they're playing against Dion, not anything like that. They damn near laid an egg last week. They were in a game with a team with a 80% quarterback that they had a 42 point spread against, and they looked very average. This is the game where they need to legit come out because the week before, the school that's right on their heels dropped 42 with ease, right? They have to come out and drop 42 with ease the exact same way. Or don't be surprised after Saturday, even if they win, same score, 42-28, they start falling in the rankings because now it's like, can they handle a Oregon? Can they handle a Washington? Can we really put this team in the college football playoffs? And can they keep up with schools that are competing to win a national championship, right? And on standards, they look average. 
let's just be realistic. They look better than they look better than the teams that they're playing, but compared to the elite, the top tiered schools, they look average. Do you want to see an average school in the college football playoff and they get dropped 42 put on them? Not at all. So this is this Jamal, I think, is a legit statement game this week because they have to show that they are an elite football team. That's why I say statement, Jamal. So I'm going to go to you, and then I'll pass it around to Ryan and Candace next. So what do you think about that? No, uh, Coach, I agree with you. Uh, absolutely. I think that this is an opportunity here for a lot of the reasons that you laid out. And I think USC needs to be on upset alert uh, going into Saturday morning for a lot of the reasons that you laid out. I mean, let's let's sort of list them out kind of definitively. One is the time. You know, their body clocks are not used to these morning starts. SC is primarily been kind of a 5 p.m., 7.30 p.m., at most 12.30 p.m. type of team. They're going in now firmly in the a.m. How does their routine get impacted the night before, two nights before, five nights before to lead up to this game? And is their circadian rhythm going to be ready to go? So you you sort of have to watch for that. Second is the place, the venue. Uh, You're dealing with altitude. You're not necessarily always ready uh, in that environment. It's the Mile High City, of course. And, and Boulder is a beautiful place. It's Altitude's a challenge. And then when you look at, uh, Fred, you alluded to this, USC's last seven road games, only four and three away from the Coliseum. And even those four wins, nail-biter against Oregon State, nail-biter against UCLA, two-point game against Arizona before they pulled it out, and then last week's game against Arizona State. They have not really put together a definitive game away from the Coliseum since last year's Stanford game. So place is, is an issue. Third, I think, is overall just sort of attitude, right? Are they going to be able to sort of reset, refocus, and give Colorado the requisite respect uh, the way they didn't really show Arizona State much respect last week? Was it the look-ahead game? Were they just sloppy? Uh, were they just disengaged? What is their attitude level going to be and their level of professionalism going to be going into this week? Because they're still, at the end of the day, a 21.5-point favorite. It's not 34.5, but it's, it's still a sizable favorite. And then finally, schematically with the defense. And are they going to be ready to go? Shadur is a very mobile quarterback. He's a guy who gets rid of the ball quickly. Obviously, Colorado has offensive line challenges, but that also can be a blessing and a curse because if USC brings more pressure, then they're very susceptible to one-on-one matchups on the back end. We are not quite sure what this secondary looks like. There could be a couple jump balls and anything could happen there. And then fifth, if you SC to your point, if they're sloppy at all with the ball, if there's a Zakaria branch fumble on a kickoff return, or Caleb's a little bit loose with the ball. Remember, he threw that one ball that was right to the Arizona State guy. It hit him in the shoulder pads and he dropped it. What what if that happens again and the Colorado guy catches it this time? One or two possessions kind of go the other way, crowd gets involved, anything can happen. But I think having said all of that, I think it's gonna be a very competitive game for two to three quarters, and then and then SC will do their thing and pull away. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I, I'll just give five other points because I agree with those uh, um, kind of five keys to kind of winning this game. And I think it starts with pressure up front. I mean, you look at the blueprint of how Oregon beat Colorado as they were in Shador's face all all game long. And if there's a weakness of this Colorado team, it's the offensive line. Um, I think we've seen that in I, Colorado State got after Shorter Sanders. Uh, all these teams of Nebraska got after Shador. So if you can get pressure and and 
USC was able to get 24 pressures and eight sacks last week against Arizona State. Granted, some of the, a lot of those kind of came in the fourth quarter late, but if they can get that early, I think that's one huge key to slowing down this offense. Uh, number two, Marshawn Lloyd, phenomenal last week. You got to keep giving him the rock. Uh, just let him run the football. Uh, I think they can they can definitely expose the CU defense, and that's just going to open things up for my fifth point later on. So give Marshawn Lloyd 15 plus carries and let him do his thing. Brendan Rice, you know, I, he wouldn't say it is a factor. But human nature, when you play your former team, you're always going to have a little more juice. He played at Colorado for two years before transferring to USC. Obviously, it's a different coaching regime now, but it's going to be a little more juiced up going back to Boulder for the first time. So why not piggyback on that great performance Brendan Rice had down in the desert? Uh, Two touchdowns, what, 122 yards or something like that, seven receptions. Um, I think he's kind of taking the torch a little bit as that wide receiver run. That's just my opinion, but just based on what we've seen the progression go these first four games, he's kind of getting a little bit more shine and obviously exploded last week in key moments when they needed him most. So I want to see him build upon that. Um, Number four, is Kalen Bullock. You know, Jamal mentioned the secondary, and we saw Kalen Bullock with that great high jump interception last week. His best asset is when he's able to kind of patrol the back end of that defense, really watch the quarterback size and, and jump to the point of attack when when they when they have a kind of a throw-up ball uh, down the seams. So if he's able to kind of be that watchman, if you will, in the back end and, and pick apart Shador as that pressure is getting to him up front from point one, then that secondary is going to have a good game as well. And finally, and this is an obvious one, let Caleb just be Caleb. I mean, as long as Caleb Williams is Caleb Williams and does Caleb Williams things, this is a damn hard football team to beat. And regardless of what your defense is doing, regardless of what other guys are doing, if, if Caleb's being Caleb, then then you're going to have a pretty good chance of pulling out a win and probably pulling out a double digit win. So as long as Caleb's Caleb, they'll be good. So those are my five recipe points for, for victory. Candice, what about you? Well, those were like the top 10, so I'm just going to keep it with the deal. No, I want to see USC exert their dominance. I want to see them rise in the polls. I want to see Caleb get off and not be wavering through this Heisman. I want to see them win. I want to see them score. I want to see them score. I want to see them score. With what happened up in Oregon, Oregon's looking like, oh, they're a big deal. And again, the entire nation got to see that they were all excited. I want the world to know that USC is um, the top in the Pac-12 and they should be ranked higher. And again, I just want, I want Caleb to get off and go crazy on this type of excitement, this hype, as you're saying. So um, I am, I'm not, I'm not worried. I know I'm not worried. I don't even want, I'm, I'm an athlete. I don't like to put things out in the universe. I want them to play fast, fun, electric football. I only want to see one thing. And if they do this one thing, then it'll, it'll, It'll be a smooth game, and we don't have anything to worry about. Just a clean game. A clean, complete game. We have yet to see a clean, complete game from USC, right? Even against Stanford, there was some defensive falls, right? I guess Nevada-Reno, but that was, you know, that's when Jamal got mad at me because I said it was a statement game. (laughs) FYI, Fred, Nevada's now at 14 straight losses. Just FYI. (laughs) I I just (laughs) – right. So – um. I just, uh, just a clean, complete game, right? This is one of those, like, it's time to start building to play in the college football playoff, right? It's, you got all the kinks out. You're about to go through a grind. Like, like we were talking about before the show, Jamal, the last three weeks of the season is going to be rough. And if you're going to, like, you need to be ready for it. They got to play, what is it, Washington, Oregon, and then UCLA. Uh, we know they play Washington, well, UCLA last, but I don't remember the Washington, Oregon order, but they're like, 
those three schools are back to back. So I just this is the first time I want to see a clean, complete game out of the Trojans. And if they do that, they're on the plane by one back in California by by one our time, maybe two our time, they get to relax. So that's that's the one thing I do want. I just want to see them play clean and complete and get that out of the way. Here's the thing they have to be worried for. And, and like I told you earlier, Colorado is very, very opportunistic. And I that's one thing I do love about them. You give them an opportunity, they're gonna they're gonna take advantage, full advantage of it, right? So if they decide to start putting the ball on the ground, fumbling inside their red zone, throwing picks, being very sloppy, right? And like you said, Zachariah Branch fumbles a kickoff return, or if Caleb Williams doesn't give a good handoff, or he gets too pretty and tries to throw a ball that hits the defender right in his hand, that can end up being a pitch six. That can end up turning into seven points. Colorado is very, very opportunistic, and so. That is my biggest worry. That's why I say they need to play a king game. So this is what I want to ask. Ryan, what are you worried about as far as USC playing Colorado this weekend? Mm. Uh, I mean, I think just big plays, explosive plays on defense. So giving up explosive plays, uh, you know, way too many missed tackles last week against Arizona state that obviously can't continue, but the Achilles heel all last year was that ex- those explosive plays. And we saw it again against Arizona state on that fourth and seven um, with multiple missed tackles that goes to a touchdown and all of a sudden makes it a one possession game yet again before they go down and score again. So yeah, that'll be my biggest kind of concern is just explosive plays. Jamal. Yeah. I think related to that, uh, Fred is, is the missed tackling. And I think that if they can come out and, and really sort of emphasize tackling and limiting every play to what that place potential is and not more, uh, I think that's going to be really a key because if they, the, the the concerning kind of narrative arc here is if they come out missing some tackles, Colorado scores, they stay in the game, they get confident. It's a little bit of a dogfight at the start of the third quarter, middle of the third quarter. SC wants to flip the switch, and then for whatever reason, the lights don't come on. You know, like sometimes when you flip that switch, it's too you late. know, the Lakers used to be like this with Shaq and Kobe. They'd, they'd flip on the switch anytime, but sometimes the lights don't come on. You know, sometimes you got to call the electrician. And so <laughs> if you keep this team in the game on the road and you say, ah, oh, we'll just flip the switch on, the lights don't come on, then all of a sudden it becomes a dogfight. So if they can come out and tackle effectively, build an early lead, and really take the confidence out of Colorado, because that's really what Oregon was able to do so well. I mean, boom, it was 14 nothing, 28 nothing. Colorado just lost their confidence over the course of that game. So if they can do that with sound tackling and sound situational football, then they'll be fine. Candace. I was worried about Travis Hunter and he doesn't seem to be playing. So that was the biggest worry that I had. Um, he is dynamic. He is elite. He is unpredictable. And uh, that was something I was definitely concerned for offense and defense. And um, he says he's not taking no for an answer, but I don't think primes are going to come out there. So I'm not worried. USC is going to get in there and handle business. That's what we do. That's what we do. No need to worry. Trojans do Trojan things. I'm gonna, I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. And, uh, and like, I know we said you, uh, people have been watching, but they're not watching USC like you're right, like I am, till 2.30 in the morning. The whole nation is going to be watching USC, and I will be wearing every single USC sweatshirt, T-shirt, sock I have all week after this win, walking through Ann Arbor. 
If you want to save yes. on your grocery, if you want to save on your grocery bill, you, your grocery can, bill now. <laughs> you can drink AG1. Go to drinkag1.com backslash salute to Troy, and you'll get a free one-year supply of immunity and five free travel packs. That's drink AG1 backslash salute to Troy. All right, guys. So <clears throat> let's 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 just do it, right? I'm I'm gonna start with Candace first. I, I I'm just curious. Let's go with score predictions. I, and I, I have a theory, so I'm going to test my theory out because last year I, I did this and it, it was the other way. And then last week I did this and it turned the other way. So let's go score predictions. What do you think the score is going to be, Candice? Can I, I – I like – I want to go last now. That makes me a little nervous. Ah, I don't – I don't know. Don't put that pressure on me. Senator, put, put boss man on the spot. Go ahead, Ryan. He's at the, he's been quiet all night. Let him go. All right. All right, Ryan. I always have to go first. <laughs> uh, no, but I'll go. I, I think 52. I just think this off. I mean, I, I didn't say much when you guys were talking, Dion, but I do think he's building something special. But I think the defense is still, you know, a ways away. And so I think, yes, his offense will have their way. But, um, you know, I think CU will have some moments, but I just think, as we kind of said, USC will pull away. I think 52 to 20 is the final. Madman. Yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, SC is going to be able to do what they want offensively. I think it'll be close, though, for, for a half. I, I think we'll be kind of in a 35-24-ish, you know, beginning of the third quarter type of score, and then ultimately uh, SC will pull away. I, I like SC to win 49-31. Dang. Wow. Candace? I had 35-7. <laughs> I don't think, I think that... Candace is- watching too much Michigan. 35-7, yeah, Candace. You're watching too much Michigan football. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, I will tell you this. I will tell true. you this. Barry Alexander is going to be on every defensive line watch list after, after this game. I think he'll yeah. have three sacks by himself. The the reason for that is because the front just can't block anybody at Colorado. So there will be a lot of sacks. Like last year, last week, Oregon got seven. I think it'll be close to that sack wise. But the fact of the time and the altitude, I don't think there'll be a lot of points scored. With that being said, I think the score of the game will be about 35 10, 21 10. Wow. 21 10. 21 10. I'll, I'll tell gonna, you what, Fred. The ten's going to come late. The ten's going to come late, like in Wait, third 35, quarter. 10 or 21-10? What, what's it's, your final? I'll go 21-10, and the ten will come late. It'll be 21 nothing for a long time. Fred, I'll tell you, 21-10, Caleb's going to go down in the Heisman, okay, if, if it's 21-10. That's not going to be enough to to sort of keep him at the top. Uh, I, have a, I have a theory, wow, Jamal. that's a surprise. Jamal, I have a theory. That's the, You remember last year, the UCLA show? I said yes, it's yes, a weird yes. day. Yes, sir. I do remember. But then, then, I mean, it ended up being 48-45, Fred. It was was a shootout at the end. You were quite wrong that day. Quite wrong that day. (laughs) I was quite wrong that day. And then, and then last week, last week, I said it's going to be about, it's going to be about 70 to three. And I was wrong about that. So, I say 21-10 for a reason. Oh, he's open uh, the inverse. Ah, it'll be 63 to 63 There you to go. Three. This okay. is like Austin Powers days with Dr. <laughs> Evil, you know? So I say 21-10 for Fred, Fred is playing blackjack like Austin Powers plays blackjack. You know, when he holds with a two and a three. You remember that? I, I'm sticking because I, too, like to live dangerously. Fred is sticking with 21-10 because he likes to live dangerously. <laughs> no, the reality 
I do I do appreciate what you're saying because there are, and Jamal, you touched on it a little bit, just like there are different factors. It's not just when people see, oh, it's playing football, excellent as oh. I know for a fact, traveling through time zones, trying to get your body adjusted, even when you try and you know, dictate the tempo at practice or even I, I mean, Pete's run late night practices and put the sound and those things, things are nice to help you think that you're prepared, but you used a big fancy um, MIT word about your body. Synchronized. Oh, sar circadian rhythm. There you go. Circadian rhythm. That is tough to try and, um, you know, press fast forward on in 22 to 24 to 72 hours. So those factors, and you're right, playing at altitude, if you've ever ran and competed, like you said, it could take a while to catch a little bit of a rhythm. So those are factors that will impact the athletes for sure. I will tell you this. When we played, when I was coaching in New Mexico, I will, we'll, we'll end it on this. I just want to, when I was coaching in New Mexico, we were at 7,000 feet. We were higher than Denver. It took two weeks to acclimate to that to that altitude if i was lincoln riley we would have been a, on a plane midday wednesday and we would have been landing we would have been there since wednesday like we have the money to do it we would have been there since wednesday at least to try to adjust to the time zone and we would have had early like we i would have been there wednesday had to, that's one of those things you just have to do it's imperative but either that either Neither said nor that. I don't coach. I'm just a some guy. I'm just some jag on a podcast. So, <laughs> well, that aren't we said, all? Aren't yeah, we all. You guys got anything else for the fans before we get before we get out of here? We ran long today, but we knew this one was gonna go long. If you run into our if you run into our LAFB people, say hello. It'll be fun to see. Um, hopefully, we get some pregame show going, and we could talk about this before. But guys, it's been fun. Can't wait until Saturday. Actually, I can't wait until tomorrow. That that game tomorrow is going to be good. It's like a little, it's a prelude. We get a prelude to what we're going to see this weekend. So, so yep. So can't wait for tomorrow. Um, like I said, it's been fun. Thank you guys for joining. Without you guys, we have nothing. Thanks to all the fans and everything. See you guys next time. See you guys for Victory Sunday. See you guys for Victory Sunday. Live free, fight on. Take this show on the road. <laughs> <laughs>